Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to your favorite new podcast. This is the FYF podcast. The uh, statement that's a, <laughs> I can't even talk today. The statement that's about actually about faith, family, fatherhood, and everything in between. Yo, it's been a minute. Um, I'm, I'm rusty as hell. So, I to our listeners, I apologize. Um, this is season three, episode twenty, and uh, I'm actually shocked y'all still listening to us. To be honest. Um, Matter of fact, the numbers have upticked, so somebody must have caught wind and told their friends, their family, hey, I appreciate all of y'all for calling in and um, or dialing in or not calling in or dialing in, listening in. <laughs> you bad Damn, it's, it's been a minute. It's, it's been a minute. For our readers. It's for our readers. <laughs> for our readers. Yeah, readers, listeners, viewers, even though you can't read or view shit, um, appreciate you tuning in to wow. listening to the tomfoolery. Um. Yeah, man. Season three, episode 20. This is crazy. Um, I'm glad that we're still, you know, got it going. And, um, you know, again, man, appreciate everybody that uh, tunes in and listens to our topics. Uh, by all means, we're still open for feedback. Um, always feel free to stop by our social media at our Facebook page at FYF Pod or our Instagram FYF Pod. Um, you can email us at fyfpod at gmail.com. I'm not even going to say the phone number because I'm not checking the voicemail. So <laughs> please, by all means, hit the social media, hit the email address. God bless you. All right. Um, we got some good topics tonight. Um, I'm about to say we can, we can either go full-blown cancel in the beginning. Let's get canceled. Or you Let's get canceled. Get canceled. That's <laughs> or we, can, we, can, we, can, we can ease in with something else. You know, but... um. All right, well, fuck it. We, 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 we hey, hey did, did you even say your name? My name? Yeah. Man, they know who I am, man. I'm Keith B. <laughs> I'm Keith B. We got my crew right now. We got we got Mike, Lowe, and Dave. How y'all doing? Introduce yourselves. You know, say what's up. What's good? <laughs> happy to be here. That's right. I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> excellent. Excellent. So... Mike put me on the spot. Like, like, like they don't know what's up, bro. They know what's up. Anyways. All right. This is, this is great, bro. And I think, I don't know if you remember, but our podcast is called F Your Feelings. Exactly. <laughs> what did I say in the beginning? <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, after this topic, the shit ain't gonna matter. Um, so, let's go ahead and jump into it, man. All right. So before before I say what I say, I just want to say it ain't coming from me. All right. This is just things I've been peeping between social media, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram. But as of late, I've been coming across a lot of uh, women content creators that are talking about female masculinity. Um, in regards to a relationship and how, you know, the I-N-D-E-P-E-N-D-E-N-T women um, in these relationships can negative, negatively affect uh, the, the, the relationships that, that they have with their men um, by asserting their their independence, their dominance, their masculinity. Um, again, like it's, 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 it's very interesting to see um, women bring up the topic and sort of speak to it. Right. Um, and then, you know, obviously we, there's several cultures that exist, um, you know, within America and, and the dynamics of a relationship can change from culture to culture. Um, us being, you know, all African-American, um, you know, dated, married, you know, 
for the most part of African-American women. Um, black women in America are very strong, very strong minded. Um, and, 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 and we respect that. We love that, actually. You know, but I, I, I understand where some of these individuals are coming from in regards to saying that female masculinity can be toxic within a relationship and can take away the ability of a man being a man. Um, so I'm going to just open it up to the floor. What, what are y'all thoughts on it, man? Like, do you feel like some of these females out here that they're a little too too strong and i ain't talking about like your lesbian homies right like you know shout out to big Ta. <laughs> i i'm not i'm not talking about your, your, your studs that you know you're trying to convert that's not that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you know the, the, the strong independent women right that are you know that you know they 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 they, they have their own they want their own and they want to you know move as such but you know things when you say words like i'm gonna get shot for this one submissive or, you know, being willing to, you know, just not even take a step back, but just being able to share that that power, that authority, you know, um, that's that's something that's a, a hot topic in a lot of relationships in today's age. So what are y'all thoughts surrounding that? Mm, that's 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 a huge one. Like, to be very honest with you, we got to roll back and look at our role in the situation that has already been played. Right. Women have had to be strong, have had to run in these roles and have gotten to a place where now they are very comfortable in that role. And it's hard to allow a man to come into that role and tell her, slow down, back up. Right. Especially if you don't have your stuff together. So on one hand, I love it. But then on the other hand, it's like it's hard to tell her to turn it off. And you have to be very careful because she's already been walking in those shoes for so long, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. One hundred percent. I mean, I've seen situations where like um, or, or, or let me say it like this. I have friends that are, that are women that tell me, you know, Keith, like, to be honest, like it's you know, it's not that we're not willing to, you know, share that that power or, or or you know take a step back and, and and submit but the man has to prove themselves that they're willing to have the responsibility the, the, the right headspace state of mind in order to lead us and and i can at least tell you you know from my interactions with black women weak leadership is not tolerated at all right right, right. <laughs> like like you know what i'm saying like i mean so in that capacity i totally get it and i respect it however to your point dave if they've been in a relationship where, you know, the man was weak and then they were in control and they did have the power, when they do come across someone that does show that, you know, they are capable to lead, they are responsible, they can take care of themselves and show the capability to take care of, of, of their significant other, there's still that struggle of, you know, having them being able to um, not submit necessarily but i'm just saying being able to share or move as 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 one versus you know them being in charge so it was just a topic that i i, I thought was interesting to see you know women's different takes on it um and then some of the tactics that um other you know, other women are preaching that you know they should you know do for things you should do for your man to to show and him that you support him and that you know you are behind him um, 
you know, shout out to this one lady. I don't know her name, but her Instagram um, uh, real pops up a lot on my page. She says her man gets six nuts a day. She says she sucks his dick in the morning before he go to work. Right when he wake up, before he leave the building, before he leave uh, 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 the house, he getting another nut. She drives to his job, he getting another nut, and then he get one when he get home, right before dinner, and then another one when he get out the shower. Now, I ain't saying that's what <laughs> uh, being submissive or or being. Uh, you know, in a in a healthy coexisting relationship where you share power. I'm not saying that's what it looked like, but that's what she do. And her man is is you know, according to her, is very faithful and takes well good care of her uh, in return. So, I bet you he ain't know what cheating. Hmm? That's true. Huh? They said the same thing about J Lo, right? Who would cheat on J Lo? Hmm? I mean. If J Lo ain't putting out, then I, I I would think a lot of niggas. But I bet I mean it's, it's the same thing. It's right, you know you can you can find a reason to be dissatisfied with anything. So, I mean that's true. I, I, yeah. I feel you. Yeah, so you asked about you know what what do we think about the um the uh the, the concept of this female masculinity and this is the, the 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 phrase is kind of weird to me because was it female or feminine masculinity? I got you. I, I got you. Let me can I, I can interject for a second just to bring some clarity to the topic. Go ahead. Uh, the term female masculinity was uh, it was actually a book written by Jack Hal- Halberstam. Excuse me if I said that wrong. In 1998, the book actually explores the idea that masculinity is not solely the domain of men, but can also be embodied and performed by people who identify as female or non-binary. Uh, Halberstam argues that the traditional binary of male female does not accurately reflect the complexity. And diversity of gender expression and identity. So the book so, is go ahead. So is that what Keith? Is that what these people are talking about, or are they talking about traditionally masculine masculinity being performed by feminine people or females of in the relationship in a heterosexual relationship? Um, you know, it's it at least when I'm listening to them, it's hard to like you know divide that line. I think the big thing that they're trying to push is that. Um, you know, again, women in, in a lot of relationships in, in today's age with men um, are asserting their dominance and independence, right? Um, not necessarily that they're trying to, um, um, you know, take on masculine traits, right? Like, you know, go outside and, you know, I don't know, Cut do man shit. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, it, 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 ain't, it ain't that, but it's in the sense of, hey, you know, I take care of me. I don't need no man. I can provide on my own. And, you know, when I, when I get in relationships, you know, with men, I I maintain that same state of mind, that same headspace with no intentions of trying to build something with another person. Um, but more along the lines of, you know, this person needs to submit to my lifestyle and who I am as a person. So it's not really looking for a relationship. I mean, the first thing, so when I hear it, number one, the first thing that comes to mind is the age old insult for black women that, oh, they're like a man or they're masculine or they have masculine features, which is something that is generally exclusively reserved as in, insults for black women. So that, that kind of makes me skeptical up front. But then after that, you know, this is kind of, 
that same age old like, oh, black men and black women are always at each other's throats over this submission word and how we've weaponized that word in our culture. And, um, you know, they always leave off the second half or the, the, the corollary to that first thing about, you know, wives submit to your husbands. They also husbands submit to your wives, submit unto your wives. And, uh, you know, if you get that, you know, yeah, there, there's there's a model for the family in the Bible, because that's what we're talking about. We're not talking about something other than biblical values here because of African-American circles. Um, but at the same time, you know, the Bible also prescribes, like you said, you know, expectations on the man's leadership. And it's not it is not submission to the point of not having a role in decision making. And it's not purely an advisory role because, you know, it's women are not just they're not supposed to be their servants to right. to to the husband or anything like that right. they're supposed to be a, a an effective teaming uh teaming uh a teammate relationship and uh i just i also kind of get vibes of what i've seen of this in i think white communities i don't really know a lot about it but the traditional trad wise movement where they reject feminism explicitly and say that we're going back to this traditional uh, conception of a, of a marriage and a family unit where you know the the woman makes um, none of the decisions and she's just there to be whatever role that looks like for them, and uh, you know it's, that's not really my business. If people want to live like that, it's fine. Um, where I come down on the whole thing personally is figure out what the relationships needs looks like for you and the person that you're in a marriage or in a relationship with. Because right. I feel like people spend so much time trying to fit this model to people that don't fit the models that were available when these when these things were written. Not that, you know, we're fundamentally different from biblical times or even from like, you know, 20th century American archetypes and everything like that. But it's like the people that you're working with are not the same. You know, the 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 men, you know, like take us, for example, I, I think that. If you were to compare us against what, you know, like traditional masculinity looked like, um, you know, 30, 40, 50 years ago, some people would say, well, y'all, y'all not really that manly or anything like that. But in reality, it's like we're the product of a lot of effort in our own individual lives, a lot of therapy and a lot of deprogramming, a lot of the harmful um, archetypes of masculinity that have been put forward over the years. And I think that that we're better because of it. We and our our families are better because because of it. And on the other side of that, you know, I've met, um, you know, two of you, two of you guys as wise. I haven't had a chance to meet your wife, David, yet. But they are, you know, very singular women in in their own ways. And do they look exactly like you know the feminine stereotype from way back when? No, but they are very effective wives to you guys, and you guys make wonderful teams. It's one of the things I like about all of y'all is because you're better because you're together and you're not lesser because like you don't necessarily fit this, you know, I don't want to say ancient, but original archetype of what the man and the woman are supposed to be. You, you play to your strengths and you take up for each other's weaknesses. Absolutely. So, it's a little bit rambling, but you know, it just, it no, feels no, no. Like, that's yeah. a great point. Yeah. No, that you summarize that perfectly. To be very honest with you, and and for me, I'm more balanced. I the the power structure. A lot of times we get so caught up into the power structure. I'm more balanced. It doesn't make sense for me to try to do something and force myself to do something that I'm not good at. 
It just doesn't make sense. Why would I continue to do something that I'm not good at and I'm screwing it up and she's phenomenal at it? Just because you're expected. That's a masculine role and you're expected to do it, right? Right, right. No, no. If she's great at in, in, in that in that position or in that capacity, then guess what? I'm going to allow her to perform in that capacity and what that, that gives her purpose. That allows her to be happy because she's doing what she pretty much enjoys to do. Now, on the other hand, here's where it gets sticky. Because early in the marriage, it's like, no, I got it. I got this. I'm going to do this. I got this. I got this. I got that. When a lot of times I didn't have it. And I couldn't humble myself to be like, babe, you know what? I'm just not good at this. That's just not in my lane. That's not in my toolbox. If you are not good at it, then we might need to find somebody else that's good at it and let them run that too. And that's balance. Yeah. And I mean, that, that goes back to some of the harmful stereotypes that, that, you know, we have worked hard to get rid of. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, just because you're quote unquote supposed to do X, Y, and Z, just, Dave, just like you're saying, if you're not good at it, you're harming the family unit by trying to enforce this hierarchy when it's not working. You're harming the family, you're harming your relationship with your spouse and potentially with your children too, because they see it. Absolutely. Right. You stress because you ain't good at, at, at the situation you trying to fake and pump and act like you you use nice in that role. Nah, you fake it. So I mean right. I get where they're coming from, and this would be the last point I make, but you know, I, I get where they're coming from where because you know that there is a thing where if you're so dead set on being the way you want to be in a relationship that that can make you bad at a relationship. But I don't think that's necessarily first and foremost an issue with gender roles. I think that's you're being an inflexible person. You don't know how to communicate. And that can be anybody, male or female, you know, masculine or feminine, whatever you want to call it. If you just not going to change and it's like you already expect the other person to fail at whatever role they're going to play in the relationship because you're just so good at it. I, you already shot yourself in both feet before you even cross the starting line. Right. Right. I would argue, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm with Lorenzo and, and just uh, the term feminine masculinity is funny to me because honestly, based upon what I read and, and the actual book where the title came from and understanding how some of these videos uh, are created, it, it sounds like word salad. Because a- anyone that's been in an actual relationship understands that the balance is never 50-50. The, the way it typically works is you perform in the capacity that best suits where you are. I'll give a real life example. For example, there are times uh, my, my wife enjoys cooking. She is no one's slave, no one's boss, no one's whatever, but she enjoys cooking. But there are times in our relationship where I had different things going on in my life and I cooked the majority of the home meals. Does that make me less masculine? No, because I'm still me. But that is what the role in our home, you know, required. So so more or less, like I said, sometimes I feel like these points that are being made on these shows, just people running their mouths, man. Well, it's I not mean, real life application, right? Yeah. <laughs> Feed the algorithm. Hilarious. I mean, it's true. I mean, just like, uh, you know, I, I ain't going to whip the flames up too bad, but it's like your boy Kevin Samuels, right? Oh, Lord. Um, yeah, <laughs> I went there. I went there. But I mean, let's be real. Because before it's Kevin Samuels, R.I.P. He, Kevin Samuels. He, he was tearing dudes up. I mean, we all heard the the, the famous monologue, well, is your dick big? Right. <laughs> but he got big when he started tearing into black women, right? So 
That's well, what let me ask you this. E- even with him, since we're, we're on masculinity, we can flip it to feminine, masculinity, toxic, whatever. The majority of the people that he spoke with, did they not call and ask him his opinion? They did. They did. They did. They so, I mean, he wasn't... He wasn't going out of his way looking for people to berate. These people were calling this man's job, a.k.a. his business, asking what he thought, and he was letting them have it. You know, and and with that being said, like, and I know I'm I'm definitely going to get crucified for this. The man actually had some decent points now. Now, I ain't ain't saying he had to go in the way he went in, and I ain't saying he had to use the language that he used, but... You know, he he made some good points on both sides. You know, I remember he was talking about one brother. You know, I mean, long story short, I summarize it. He was um, short, fat, didn't make a lot of money, and um, you know, but he wanted like dimes, you know, for as a spouse. And 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 you know, KG told him he was like, "Hey, player, you got a lot of work to do. You got you got you got, you got a lot of work to do. You get in the gym." Educate yourself so you can get a better paying job, and then you can have that expectation. But until then, your ass gonna get left with whatever is left. I mean, that's just just keeping it real. Though. It's you know, true, but you real. gotta keep that same energy all the way through. Like, yeah, yeah. Especially, especially with him. My my biggest thing is it's a way to say everything. Yep. It's 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 right. a way to say everything, and it's not what you say is about the delivery of it, right? And at any time, whenever it gets to the point where, you know, you're just digging in, degrading people, mm-hmm. that's when I'm like, mm, now, now they did call in to get it done. <laughs> now they they were seeking attention too. So you know what I'm saying? You get what you get. You don't throw a fit. Whenever he started digging in, that's what you call for. Yeah. But I, he he started a conversation that that I love. I love when people start talking about it and start being honest. Because that's what he was. He was honest on the mic and everybody heard it. Right. That's it just right. sucks that in this age of social media, you know, that, that message doesn't just stay between him and that person. Oh, no. Yeah. And, and there are people lined up in the comments to take that and wield it as a battle axe in whatever battle they want to win when it really is just a that person kind of situation. But, you know, hey, that's what sells, right? Yeah. Hey, since since we're here, I want to kind of summarize on the, the original topic, going back to the female masculinity. I kind of feel like female masculinity is female toxic masculinity. And actually, you know, I like to define things. So I, I just did a quick research on what that term means. Uh, toxic masculinity refers to the ideas that men should be aggressive, dominant, unemotional, sexually aggressive, among other traits. These expectations can lead to negative behavior, such as misogyny, homophobia, and violence. So, are, are is the female masculinity we're referring to problematic? Is that what we're saying? You know, you're talking crazy, you beating dudes down and doing all the stuff that we don't believe in for the men. Is that what they're condoning? That's I not quite what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah, I would say no. Okay, just make sure. I think it's more sharing the power structure. I think it's more of sharing the power structure because I done built what I done built, and now I don't have the the capacity to actually bring somebody in and we 50-50 this thing and and do it in in a balanced type manner. It's from what I I, whenever I hear him talking about it. 
And that's that's more human than anything else. Yes, if if you built ten sandcastles and somebody comes in with no, I no no, you're not gonna take credit for my ten. No, that's a human thing. I agree. I agree. And you know, unfortunately, we live in a society now where like it's uh black and white, um, you know, and it's you know, a lot of folks. I feel like take a stance both in like relationships and in and within society, and are really, you know, unwilling to budge on, on those stances, on those stances and on those topics. Um, with that being said, you know, that kind of leads into our next topic, um, leave or stay fight or flee. Now I I know I just gave the reference of, of a relationship, but again, with what's going on in today's society, um, there's a bunch of, um, laws and and you know regulations that are being passed that are forcing individuals to either comply uh immediately to you know what those uh, you know rules and regulations are or you're faced with the um ultimatum of you know do you stay within uh the confines of, of what that rule is or um do you leave and, and and look for something different something better um you know and 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 it could it could jump around right i mean like i know Something that's you know at least hit a lot of us and that's sensitive to us is um, a lot of the laws being passed about you know teaching of, of Black history or um, you know teaching uh, you know about historical events in our country that a lot a lot of the majority don't want to recognize, um, but nevertheless you know it's part of our history and it's part of uh, who we are as a nation and and so um, how do you cancel out something such as you know such as grave as, 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 as black history in regards to racism, segregation, Jim Crow, uh, slavery. Um, how do you, how do you eradicate, you know, that from even being taught in, 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 in schools and in, in the history books. And so, um, a lot of States are starting to adopt that law. And, you know, I we was talking with Lowe right before the show, like, what do you do in those instances? Like, do you stay in the state that you live in? You know, do you, pull your child from public schools and, you know, put them in private or, or charter schools where maybe some of those regulations don't fall, you know, on those schools. You know, I, I don't know if they do or don't, but I'm just saying like, you know, what, what are your options um, in, in these, in these moments? And, and, and if you choose to stay within the confines of it, you know, are you, are you, you know, basically giving up? Like, like what, what, what are your guys' thoughts uh, surrounding that topic? So let me let me just throw a little bit um extra context around around that. You know, this is kind of coming off of a um conversation I had with my mother specifically about the NAACP um putting forth a travel advisory for black people going to Florida. And her first response to that was, you know, I ain't I ain't running. You know, this is this is my home. I'm not I'm not leaving. And um this is hot on the heels of some other headlines in the news recently about you know, in the light of all this anti-trans stuff that's going on, you hear uh, families down here in Florida saying, hey, I'm, I, you know, I don't feel safe for my child down here. Uh, I'm going to leave. And, you know, on the one hand, you know, one side sees that as, well, you got to do what you got to do with your family. Other side sees it as, well, that's a victory. We, we got the, the, the outcome that we wanted. And uh, I just was really curious as to, to what everybody thought about, not just the political thing, like literally, do you leave or do you stay um, based on safety or whatever, but also, as it relates to, you know, things like business decisions, like if you're the only black person in, in the business unit, like, are you able to effectively leverage 
your position to boost diversity? Is it worth the fight? Is the juice worth the squeeze for you to stay there and deal with what you have to deal with to bring more diversity? Or do you go elsewhere? Like um, who was the coach over at Bethune-Cookman that somebody else offered him a job at a PWI and he just went and people was roasting him for it. And he was like, I can do more in this position over here than I am over here. Right. Or you look at Dion, what Dion did and how everybody looked at Dion. Um, yeah. that was that was a huge controversial move. But I feel that especially now, you have to move to where you could build, right? And you you really have to make a decision to change the narrative, change how the picture looks. Because we've been talking about the picture in, in different conversations for the longest, for years, right? And as we're having the conversations, laws have been changed, right? So I say that to say this. You have to make a decision that fits you and allow you to grow to the point where you want to grow. Case in point, our daughters was having issues in school. Grade-wise, they were doing phenomenal. But just the doctoring and, and the things that were the conversations that was being said, we wasn't really comfortable with having our daughters having to deal with that so much at the age and space that they were in. So guess what? We made a decision to pull out. For some people, it may be crazy. But for us, it was more of a stance being like, we are our first kids educators. I don't care what somebody else says. I am my daughter's first teacher. In my house, we will educate them and then they'll go to school and they'll learn and they'll take the test. But whenever it comes down to being educated and understanding what they are, who they are, we're going to tell them that we're going to put that in them. The school and nobody else is going to do that. So those are the decisions I think that people have to really look at and make it. Don't, I, don't take it like I'm saying that it's easy for everybody. It's not. I get people have to go to work and everything else. But for us, we had to make a sacrifice and say that our daughters need us more than our jobs, our money, whatever else that was on the table. Our first priority is our daughters. Got it. Yeah, no, I, I agree 100%. I think it's on a case-by-case -case basis, man. And, I'll, and so, like, you know, I mean – you guys have both given great examples of what that looks like for, for the two of you. Um, I'll come at it from, you know, a, a personal standpoint, um, something like, you know, uh, someone's career. Right. And so, um, you know, and I'm not going to obviously go into detail about my um, current employer or previous employers, but I, I'll say this much within my career. Um, there was a time where I really, really did not like uh, where I was at. And, Matter of fact, I did everything I possibly could uh, to find something else um, as, as quickly as humanly possible because I felt like I was not in the greatest situation where um, I could grow my skill set, um, you know, increase my value and be in a position where I could grow and prosper. And with that being said, um, I, I personally believe, you know, and I know, you know, they're going to be like, yo, Keith is like the most contradicted nigga on the face of the earth. I am still a Christian. Okay. And I love God and I love Jesus Christ. And he has led me, you know, down the path that I am following. Um, and I believe that in my life, you know, during that time period, God wanted me to stay. 
he needed me to stay in order to learn a lesson, to grow tougher skin, to build character, um, because, you know, can't make diamonds without pressure and heat, right? So by all means, there's going to be instances within a person's walk where you're going to have to stay and, and endure and, and grow, you know? And then when the time comes for you to leave or go somewhere else, you know, God will make a way. And so that's what happened for me. I was in a situation where um, I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like, you know, going to work. I mean, literally to the point where as soon as I hit the parking lot, my anxiety kicks up. Um, I feel sick to my stomach. And before I even hit the gate, the badge in, I'm already in a totally different headspace than I was before I left the house. And I endured that for almost seven years. Seven years of feeling like that, you know, until I was able to go and find something else. Now, I'm on the other side of it. And when I look back at it, as much as I hated going through that, I thank God every day that I did. Because it's prepared me more for the challenges that I'm having to face right now. And I have confidence that my Lord and Savior is leading me down the right path, regardless of what my situation looks like. So again, that's that's my personal experience. Um, I think you have to treat it on a case-by-case basis. So, Can I add something behind that? Absolutely. So um, that it, I feel a lot of parallels between that and the original topic that we used to lead in on this about, you know, politics and power and government, uh, you know, intrusion to life and that kind of thing. Um, do you feel like there was a solidarity with your community was a part of your decision at all? I mean, I know this is mainly about you and your career and your you know personal growth and everything like that. But did you ever feel like, you know, I'm doing this for us a little bit? Um. A little bit, uh, you know, obviously for my family, just because they were the ones that were directly impacted, in my opinion, based off of my state of mind and and current behavior. Right. What about other black people in your in your office? um, No, I didn't do it for them. And matter (laughs) of fact, what was interesting is that they weren't having the same experience that I was having. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like, like for whatever reason, they were able to navigate it. And either they became comfortable or complacent with how the structure was or, you know, a few and I say very few were able to find favor amongst those that were in, in, in leadership and, 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 and were had, had a seat at the table. And so for me, I felt like it was for whatever reason, um, just not the greatest situation. So I understand. Mm. Mike, you want to jump in or you want me to go for it? No, I'll take a quick stab at it. So just listening to the topic and just processing it, it it does literally sound like a a case-to-case situation. But as everyone was speaking, I was thinking about a little bit of poetry uh, from an American philosopher. And in this particular passage, the the, the writer personified you uh, as a person when it actually could be a situation about many things. And I just want to just read a little bit of the poem. Um, Never did I imagine that you would play a major part in a decision that's so hard. Do I leave? Do I stay? Do I go? Or think about my life and what matters to me the most. That's uh, called Where I Want to Be by the American philosopher Donnell Jones. And um, stop laughing. 
What I got? Why are you? Why are you laughing? What, what is funny? Yeah, please, please let me know what what was funny. Why about are you that? laughing, bro? That was the infamous breakup song back in the day. <laughs> breakup song for real? Bro! Yes, sir. I know. Man, you I, was know. To hold my fa- I was trying to be serious and hold it, but you kept laughing, and I couldn't hold it. I was like. Yeah, let's go off about this. <laughs> oh, but I, I gotta find what life is like without you. <laughs> anyway, Dave, stupid. Hey, yo, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to quote. I'm trying to make it sound deep, and David over here smiling, like about to laugh, and I'm like, please, why did I look at him? <laughs> why well, look here? I, I promise you, middle school, early high school, every dude that was trying to break up with a girl, put that one on, but. <laughs> that was I had, I had y'all locked in y'all thinking this is American philosopher it was going <laughs> David over here laughing I'm, I shouldn't have looked at the screen oh man yes. but, but anyway call that a, uh, a tension breaker tension breaker yes so, yeah, 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 yeah. but anyway the, the truth of the reality situation is yes it, all of this is really some things I had never considered thinking about your own experience your own um What's the word I want to use? Your own privilege. Whether it's, you know, financial. For example, you know, speaking about jobs specifically. Even in my own current situation, a lot of decisions that I've made are not necessarily financial based, Uh, depending on where you are in your particular life. For me, a lot of it's family based, whether it's, you know, based upon flexibility or having teams that uh, that are understanding. So there are so many things that go into making these major leave or go situations. Even something as simple as the state that you live in, do the laws reflect the things that you believe in or the things that you want? You know, do you feel that uh, the people that are paid to represent you are doing a good job representing you? I know people who've literally moved to another county because they felt their needs weren't being melt, melt, met. Yeah. So it's it's the same thing. I, it's almost like a, it's a life cycle of just constant decision making. So my summary of all of this to leave to, or to go is adulting sucks and it's really, really hard. And I, and I miss when I was a kid. This is not an American philosopher. Back in the day when I was young, I'm not a kid anymore. But some days I sit and wish I was a kid again. Awesome. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I remember way back when. <laughs> what? Yo, that was that jam that like, I used to. Oh. I used to bump that a lot. So, so I know you're right. Um, I just got a quick one. You know, I'm actually going to see my dad tomorrow. Driving up to the A. Um, hey. it's not like that. But um, I remember a conversation that he had with me a number of years ago, where he was telling me about how he had to leave friendships with mm. a lot of his male friends as he's grown up. And um, that just kind of got me thinking, like, you know, how do you how do you tell how do you make that evaluation of, you know, which which friendship are worth fighting for and which ones do you just kind of have to leave behind because either they don't serve you or they're toxic. You know, I, I have family members who very friendly, very personal people know everybody in town, literally knows everybody in town. And um, because of that, they pulled in a million different directions, make a lot of bad decisions because they're around. They don't know how to say no to relationships. They don't know how to say no to friendships and the influence that they get from other male peers. And, um, you know, 
I think about my, my, my friendship with, with all of you guys, number one, you know, Dave, we, we still kind of local, but you know, Mike, you guys have gone to where you live, you know, Keith, you and I, we actually gone through three different stages where, you know, we went to school together, then, then we weren't around anymore. We graduated, went our separate parts. Then, you know, mm-hmm. God brought us back together in the Orlando area. And then, you know, you guys moved out to Texas. It wasn't anything like you trying to run from each other or anything like that, but it's just what life took us. And, you know, each one of those times, the relationship had to change because, you know, different stage in life, got older, more mature, that kind of thing. And for me, and I hope for you too, I mean, I think because you're on the call, this thing, I thought that that was one that was worth fighting for. And that wasn't Absolutely. the case for everybody. Absolutely. You know, well, that's but a... I'm still friendly with, but I don't really get down with them like that. Right. No, I, I agree, man. And, you know, I, I honestly, it's something I need to work on. And I've been saying it for a while. I actually got a bad habit of um, letting people go too soon. You know, um, but to that to that extent, yeah, man, I mean, I, I feel the same way. And and unfortunately, and it's not unfortunate, right? But, you know, as you go through life, you're supposed to mature. You're supposed to grow. And sometimes in the direction that growth is taking place, not everyone is headed in that same direction. Yeah. And so, you know, it requires, I hate to say it, but some some trimming of, of, of relationships where, you know, I can't. I, I just can't roll with you. You know I mean? I, I got homeboys that I used to roll with in high school. You know, if I see them now, I'll stop and say hi, you know, but you know, if they be like, Hey man, can I, can, can I ride with you to the corner store? No, I don't, I don't know what you got on you. You know what I'm saying? Like, like what you got in them pockets? You know, you feel me? Yeah. You got to ask. You got to ask, man. Like, I mean, I got cousins the same way, man. I love you, cuz. You know what I'm saying? But, like, oh, cuz, man, we, we need to link up. No. I, I, I come to the crib and see, but, you know, we ain't going nowhere. I'll stay by you for a couple of days. No. 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 You know what I'm saying? And, and, and listen, at the end of the day, it ain't, it's not that I think I'm better, cuz I don't, mm-hmm. right? I, it ain't, it ain't got nothing to do with that. It's just that I'm at a point now where, you know, the God is taking me to a level where, I got a lot to lose if I'm being honest, like, you know, and I think all of us are at that same level as well, where, you know, whether it be career, whether it be relationships, you know, family um, investments, you know, it's just, you know, you can't get caught up, you know, and then unfortunately we live in a society where, you know, there are stigmatism there, there is, um, you know, stereotypes of, of us as, as black men. And, you know, we don't always get second chances like the majority. And so there you go. It really, it changes the way you think. It changes the way you move, man. And, and unfortunately, you can't go where, where 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 you used to go. So, and I, 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 I yeah. go ahead, go ahead, Mike. I would say I, I agree with that. I practice this thing called loving from a distance, where uh, there there are family members. For example, I'll give a quick real quick story so David can jump in. Um, I like to go to Miami, but not for the reasons most people like. I like to go see the Heat. I like basketball, so I'll go to Miami just to watch a basketball game and come home. But I also know that there are only certain people who can come with me. So my philosophy on traveling places where people, any place really is, I surround myself in circles of people who are will, who have the same or more to lose th- that I do. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I don't travel with people who have less to lose. Because I'll tell you what, there are a few things that have to happen for me. I have to be able to go home. I have to be able to look my wife and my children in their eyes and I, and I, and I have to go to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, oh, it, we, oh yeah. And, and yes, 
I got to look in the mirror and I got to talk to the Lord. So right. those, those are things in my life that are very important. So if any of those things or have a po- possibility or potential to get messed with, then we can't go together. Right. So that's that's just all you brothers. We can roll. We can go wherever. We can go to Vegas, Miami. I don't care because I know that we all have the same stuff to lose. There you go. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? But no, for me, I think that nowadays the conversation changed for me, right? We speak just two different languages. It's like you still speaking where we grew up at, and I'm speaking, I'm speaking a whole nother language. I'm speaking, you know, how do we get our families here? How do we do these things? And you still stuck on, you know, what we used to do and what we were doing. And I, I think that now if we can't have a conversation and, and me feeling like I got to change or switch up my conversation with you, then that's a problem. Right. And that's, I mean, let's be real. Yeah. There's also the other side of leaving. There's, there's people who leave and, um, you know, it's like you want to hold at, at least this has been something that's been true in my life is I have a tendency to want to hold on to things the way they've been, if they've been good. And, it's one of those situations where sometimes you just have to allow people to live their lives and have the type of relationship that's right for them to have with you yeah, and yeah. accept that. And it's like, you know, it's like holding water in your hand. If you cup your hand, you can hold water in your hand, but you try to squeeze the hold on to it, it slips between your fingers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And I, I think that's, that's been the biggest thing for me, man. Like really allowing, allowing you the space to be you and, and, and you giving me the grace to be me too. You know, because now my conversations ain't, ain't my conversations how we growing, and I don't want you to feel uncomfortable whenever I get to talking my talk and me being me honestly, being authentic, because that's just who I am now. I'm, you know, what I'm saying I'm, I'm not trying to go buy 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 no, no weed or nothing and get high. I, I that ain't my thing. You know what I'm saying? If and if that's your thing, cool, y'all go do that. But I just can't, I can't, I can't, I can't be there. Now you want to talk about investments, trying to make, you know what I'm saying, something better for the family. Oh, we yeah. We can right. talk all day. But a lot of the conversation that you a lot of them having, I I I can't do it. I even even our talking, I, I the way we we communicate is just off nowadays. And that's that's what I've been learning. And I would feel bad about it some time ago, but God really had to deal with me, be like, no, I created you. Like you just don't you don't fit in that box no more, bro. And I'm cool with that now. Exactly. No, I agree, man. I agree 100. percent I mean, again, man, we all, you know, have to make pivots within our lives and 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 grow and mature. And um, you know, more often than not, unfortunately, not everybody has that same mentality. Um, and then you know, social media, you could you could kind of see it, you know, when when people certain posts they make, you know, the mentality. That they have and 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 it's it's, it's tough it's, it's it's tough to uh to um you know let, let some of those who that is with who you knew exactly right. yeah yeah it, it it really is man so um all right so we went silly got serious now it's time to be silly again to wrap it up <laughs> so before we started the show and and you know what i was just telling the guys like if if y'all could ever hear the pre-show, <laughs> y'all would y'all would have been canceled. Up. Um, it's bad, but it is it, it's really bad. But with that being said, um, here's a 
fun, silly topic to talk about. Uh, Mike was telling me a, something about called uh, GPT-4. Or did I say that right? Is that yeah. GPT-4? Yeah. Okay. And, um, right. And and basically, it's, 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 it's the Brinks Terminator slash AI slash uh, the people that made iRobot, whatever you want to call it, the Matrix. Um, I, to be honest with you, ladies and gentlemen, I have no idea what it is. All I know is you, you put in just a little bit of salt and pepper and it'll make you a whole motherfucking meal. Um, <laughs> like, all I'm saying is, right, yeah, like, like you telling me, I mean, he gave me the example of how somebody started started a, 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 a rap lyric similar to Kanye and basically programmed something to say, make me some more lyrics like Kanye. And by the end of the song, this brother sounded just like Kanye. Artificial intelligence, right? I mean, the stuff that's going on now is it's just just absolutely crazy. Uh, from the from the bots that are buying up the playstations, nigga, it took me like three years to get a PlayStation Five. Like, I, I don't understand how people in these bots are, are able to be on top of this stuff like this. And with that being said, like you know, I don't know, man. Like, I I I, I got a homeboy. You know, I love him to death. I ain't gonna say his name because if you're listening, he gonna he gonna he gonna fire on me as soon as he see me. But, you know, he 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 one of them brothers, right? And, and we are all smart brothers in this room, but th- th- there's tears to it, right? You know, like, I, 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 I'm an engineer, right? But I always tell people I'm on, I'm, I'm at tier three. And, and that, and, and for, you know, tier one is the top, ladies and gentlemen. Tier three is the bottom, just letting you know. Um, <laughs> this brother's in the tier one zone where, you know, he he goes and writes code for, for artificial intelligence. And I told him, I said, bro, do you really want to be that nigga from Terminator 2? Do you really want to be that nigga that's going to be the entire world? You right, got a exactly. whole family, and what you're about to have happen is you're about to have Sarah Connor come in here and kidnap you. Exactly. And I said, bro, like, listen, back it on up. And, and, and bro, like, he'll tell me some shit. Right? Like, I'll just be like, bro. I don't want to know that, dang. Don't don't tell me. <laughs> don't tell me, bro, that you could shut down a whole power grid with your phone. I don't want to know that. Don't don't tell me shit like that. But anyways, artificial intelligence, um, the bot situation. What 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 are y'all thoughts on this, man? Like because now that now that now that you mentioned what you just said, I mean, realistically, do you even have to be good at anything anymore? No. Especially if you if you got a bot. Well, I say this real quick. the bangers we were coming up with the other night. Oh yeah, yeah. We went, he and I were just messing around. We asked the the AI to write songs for us, so we had it write some praise and worship, um, Islamic style songs. Amazing lyrics, beautiful songs. We just just messed around with it. So, a couple things that I believe about AI. What I want to understand is I was born in 1981. My entire life in sci-fi movies. Once the AI realizes that humans are the weakest link, they take us out and they kill us. And what do we do? We run towards that. Everything in your house. No, I'm not paranoid, but I don't have Alexa in my house. I have the AIs turned off on my phones. I do. Because I know that they're going to realize that the problem is us. We are indeed the problem. (laughs) No, this is what people want. But yes, the AI has gotten so sophisticated, specifically in the podcast space, that you can train the AI to learn your voice, emulate your voice. You type, you can literally type a paragraph on the screen. It will transcribe that text into audio in your actual voice. And you can record a podcast never. Oh, and you can use an AI to generate your script. So you can literally make a podcast in your voice that you have no part of. 
And just that's just clear, podcasting. This was not AI generated. This is us. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, definitely. We're not robots. We did this us for real. No, no. <laughs> hey, I'm too authentic to to replicate. I don't. I don't fuck the AI. I don't think AI can get me down. But um, right. algorithm in a road that's gonna figure this out. What, but, what's um, funny is like even um I think they did Eminem. A DJ did Eminem in a live set that he took just a piece of Eminem voice and he had Scott GPT to do the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And he took Eminem voice with Chat GPT lyrics, played it in a live set, and the people thought it was him. Damn. <laughs> That's crazy, though. I mean, like, do you that could destroy the music industry? Like, real talk. Oh, like, yes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think that it's going to destroy the music industry. What I think is, I think people are going to adapt, right? And understand the prompts and understand how to use it in a more meaningful way. Right now, it's new, right? So we're going to do all the stupid stuff and have a lot of fun with it, okay? But it's going to become a section. You're an engineer. There's going to be some smart people that come up with prompts and different things to solve complex problems. Right. And that's when we're going to see the, the, the greatness of it. But right now, like even um, it's mid-journey and it's in Discog. You could tell it to make you a picture of a duck flying with purple boots on and made of backpacks. Mm-hmm. And it would give you like seven pictures of exactly what you added, asked it to do. You yeah. just got to understand how to prompt it. Yeah. Stable diffusion. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have y'all seen those where people have been posting these really visual graphic photos? They mm-hmm. upload like 20 photos into the AI and they come out just like amazing pictures. Have you seen those? Mm-hmm. No, it's something new. They're taking mm-hmm. the they're taking the faces, and they putting voices to the faces, mm-hmm. and it's talking just like real real people. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot. And you that's know lot. what? All this really reminds me of is um the 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 beginning the the dawn of the atomic era. Because mm-hmm. um I don't know if you guys have read a lot about like the the early atomic era, like the fifties and stuff. It was fucking nuts it was people out there doing stuff like hey we just found out about splitting atom and radiation isn't this so cool let's uh yeah let's put this water filter that irradiates your water because it gives you health benefits and having stuff like oh hey you want to see if your foot your 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 foot fits in that shoe right well hey we got an x-ray machine where you can try on the shoe and put your foot and see what your bones look like inside of that and you know it's just this explosion of people innovating in this space not understanding you know Doing the dangers shit. of what they were doing. And I'm not trying to say that, oh, this is going to be some kind of tool that is uh, going to destroy us. I mean, every movie has pretty much said that, and they're probably going to be right. But, you know, we could go a different path, maybe. But um, in human history, there's time after time where our, our technological advancement has really outpaced our ability to uh, understand the ethics around the use of these tools, the ethics and, and the, the, the second, third order impacts of using them. And, um, you know, the first one I think of right now is if you can feed a text prompt into a a large language model, which is what ChatGPT4 is, and um, have it come out and, you know, spit out a BuzzFeed article. Um, CNET actually made news about that not too long ago because they revealed that a lot of their kind of boilerplate articles, very low content articles, they had been using AI to build those for months. And nobody Uh, knew. Yeah. That's scary, And it's like, you know, in, in a capitalist society, 
Um, if you're telling me that I can get low level writing jobs or procedure writing or, you know, lyric writing out of the way, I don't have to pay nobody. I just have to, you know, put it like, what is, how much chat GBT for subscription? Three bucks, something like that. It's 20 a month. If you get the plus 20 a month, I could, I could replace how many thousands of dollars in salaries Mm -hmm. for a low level task. Why am I not going to do it as, as owner of capital? But of course that has impacts on the local economy and people's lives because now you're out of a job. It's gonna be this weird grace period where you know people gonna to listen to this podcast and gonna be like, "Yo, I'm gonna get a job writing code, and I'm just <laughs> use GPT four for like." Hey, how does the saying go? After one, welcome our new robot overlords. Pretty much, like pretty much. Like, I mean, now, now maybe maybe what I just said is on some real nigga shit, but I could definitely see somebody doing it, like putting on their resume, "I'm an expert at this." And then you just running this, running this application in the background, doing all the work. Well, it can write code. It can write good code. It does. It writes good code. Like I said, I I used it recently to write a PowerShell command because I was struggling to figure it out. And I mean, it wrote it. It was pretty good. I just but saw yeah, very uh, good Excel pro um Excel commands. So man, I had to go write a business plan, bro, like <laughs> just to see if it was legit, right? And the numbers was on point, like. <laughs> I gotta try listen, this out, man. Listen, I man. I saw on Twitter the other day there was a this person, their 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 pet. They took their pet to the vet, and the pet was having these weird symptoms. So what they did is they they had the GPT four. They they asked GPT four to analyze the uh, the results that they they had received. And to just give their diagnosis, obviously, before you run it, it says we're not medical professionals. You know, just take this advice. Don't take this as medical advice. Yada, yada, yada. Disclaimer. disclaimer. Anyway, GPT-4 took the the numbers from the, the, the results of the blood or whatever, and they asked a couple of questions. They took that information back to the actual vet, and some of the solutions that they recommended was actually it. Yeah. So that, that should tell you. And that's that's the learning factor is that neural networks, trained neural networks that have been trained on a sufficiently detailed data set mm-hmm. are very good at medical diagnoses to the point mm-hmm. where they're sometimes even better than teams of doctors. Mm-hmm. And that's actually been known for several years now. Could you imagine this shit uploaded to a robot? And I hate, you know, yo, like, listeners, I, I apologize for me being nasty, but I got to go. I knew you was going to I knew exactly. A sex robot, bro. A sex robot. You upload... Uh, to the robot, I want you to be my favorite porn star, bro. That's already you know, how many, you know how many broken relationships this is gonna be. I mean, that's already here. You got a chat, oh, you just know, hey, I want the girlfriend experience. They can, you know, chat you up all night long, whatever dirty uh, night you want. But, um, I, I do want to make one, one distinction for our I almost said readers again, but listeners is, um, for right now, these are all neural networks, these are when we say AI. There's a distinction. A lot of people probably already know this, but just to be clear, uh, AI is not artificial general intelligence. When you start talking about like iRobot, Skynet, self-awareness and all that kind of stuff, you're really talking about artificial general AI, which is a program that is not bound. You you haven't programmed to perform specific functions. It is capable of self-learning and self-improvement and self-iteration. So an, an AGI would be capable of doing theoretically any task you ask it to do as opposed to these, which are very good at a number of tasks, but are completely incapable of doing things outside of what their original programming was and what they're trained on. Because that's another key point is that 
these things aren't necessarily um, they're not they're no good if you don't give them any data. Neural networks, they train themselves. You give them a large data set and they look for connections and relationships in the data. And that's why they're so good at um, diagnosis because they can see patterns that don't naturally occur to us immediately just because they literally looked at thousands, millions of, you know, similar photos and like, this is that, this is that. So, yeah, it's um, there's there's a difference between the two. So I got a question because, you know, I'm saying y'all know me. Right, mm-hmm. and this whole Tesla thing. Now Tesla got this robot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How far are we from like what you saying to where you have a robot that could do every like they thought process? Like Mike say, our robot. Yeah. So Tesla, by their own admission, is a level two SAE self driving um, system. So what that means is they have neural networks and and AI in the in the the, the limited sense, the contained sense. Um, and they trained it on a lot of different information. Like when you, when you sign up for the Tesla full self-driving, it's a beta for a reason because right. they're using the information from you driving around to train this learning model, this neural network to be like, to understand that this is a car. This is a person. These are lines you need to stay into. This is how you make a left turn. So it, it's not really learning in the way that a person would learn from novel information It's being trained on different sets of data that is told represent these things and it makes the patterns it makes the connections Money. it's not self-driving by the way it needs active human intervention and you can't let it go by itself yeah now they talking about they got this robot right they got this human looking like robot out there now That's smart. Just... <laughs> oh man I, I, I nick me and nikki was talking about it right yeah I'm like, I want me one of the robots. Oh, yeah. No, it, it'll do whatever you program to do well, but it's not an AI. It's not an AGI. I don't want to do nothing. <laughs> it's going to do every mundane chore in the house because the kid's going to leave one day. <laughs> I got to clean up. <laughs> bro, that bitch going to kill you in your sleep. Bro, I, I listen. Hey, I'm about to go on Ammunition Depot right now. Right now. <laughs> people. <laughs> MOC coming, baby. (laughs) Sound like like David want Westworld in real life. What is Westworld? Y'all know what be knowing, man. I don't remember Westworld. Westworld, see, that was was one of the, and I'm going to stop nerding on y'all in just a second, but that was one of the key things in Westworld is they created what ended up being artificial general intelligence, but they shackled them. And mm-hmm. eventually found a way around their programming limits and became self-aware. Oh, so the matrix, basically. Yeah. See, bro, nah, that I, I have one, but I promise you, y'all not keep a gun on me everywhere I go. Smart man. Yeah, man. Well, hey, man, this has been a great show. Um, as always, love y'all, brothers, man. I feel like you know, every time we get together, it's. It's so organic. It's just natural, you know. Everything just just kind of flows, and and uh, you know, again, man, appreciate all the listeners that are tuning in uh, to this episode. Appreciate y'all rocking with us, and um, and also spreading spreading our uh, content, man. Really appreciate that. So uh, continue to uh, reach out. Um, again, you could hit us up at our Facebook at FYF Pod, our Instagram at FYF Pod. And then our email address, fyfpod at gmail.com. Um, again, I'm not going to give you this phone number because I'm not <laughs> checking these voicemails. Um, 
But hey, man, love y'all, man. God bless y'all, and y'all have a good one. Y'all be safe out there. F your feelings podcast statement that's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between. My biggest thing for me as a person is always ask people, can you make your point without disparaging someone else? And deal with that it, you know what I'm saying, instead of going and, and doing the feel good. Because it's easy to do the feel good, but it's hard to deal with that it. Everybody always forgets the first part of that amendment about, you know, there being a responsibility that comes along with this right. After 25 and before 25, you know, there's there's a level of clarity at you know, at least I've experienced a level of clarity. Name one, you can't you can't name one. Spanish American War, Vietnam, World War One, World War Two, Civil War on both sides. Common blood, common kinship, common everything. People who've worshipped alongside each other in church for years. And now all of a sudden have quote unquote picked the side.